Good morning, churches. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor at Stratford and Salisbury Center United Methodist Churches, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate those miracles together. This morning's memory verse comes from 1 Corinthians 3, 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Let us pray. Come to us out of the clouds of our doubts and inattention, holy God. Speak to us in ways that reach deep into our consciousness. Let your spirit rest on us, creating excitement and anticipation empowering us to speak and act as your representatives. Make us all in some way prophets who observe the larger picture and help one another sense your truth. We look to you today for all we need. May your glory fill this place. Amen. I'd like to start out by thanking you all. Last week I told you about a young man who was shut out and pretty much ignored by his church. His mom had commented that he didn't feel like he mattered. I asked you to consider writing to him, and you did. Here's what his mom posted on Facebook. I came home to a mailbox full of the sweetest cards and letters from Pastor Mark Hedegar's church members for Brandon. He can't read cursive, so I read them to him and cried my eyes out. I literally could barely read them. I was crying so hard. It was hard to get through them all. Such compassion, kindness, and support for my son, it truly overwhelmed us both. Thank you for helping my son to feel that he really does matter. Oh, I thank you, brothers and sisters. You all reminded him that he is a child of the Most High God, and he does matter. I'm very proud of all of you. Feel free to send him cards throughout the year if the Holy Spirit so moves you. So, thank you again, and hoorah. Now for the call to worship. Let anyone who thirsts come to Christ. Let all who dare to believe drink deeply. God's Spirit is for the young and the old, the rich and the poor. God's Spirit is for both men and women. How amazing are all the works of God. May our meditations please our Creator. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. 
But now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. May God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. We move to joys and concerns. We have uh, people that are active on the prayer chain, so please keep, keep our churches lifted, our community lifted. Um, if you have any prayer requests, of course, just um, call me, call the churches, and we'll make sure that they get added. So let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this chance to, to wake up and come out and worship you and honor you. We lift those people up that are on our hearts and in our minds, Father God, those that are sick, those that are struggling, those that are lonely, um, those that feel like they don't matter in life. Father God, we just lift them up to you, and we pray that the Holy Spirit would, would rest on them. We pray that, that they would know they do matter, Father God. We pray that the Holy Spirit would, would show us who needs a smile, who needs a, a prayer, who needs our love, Father God. Help us to show the world that we are Christians by our love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning's message is titled, An Attitude of Gratitude. An Attitude of Gratitude. Last week we talked about comfort zones and the risk of becoming stagnant and complacent if we stay in our comfort zone too long. We talked about how Jesus withdrew from people and daily activities to be alone and pray. But we agreed Jesus didn't stay in his comfort zone. He went out into the world because of the will of his Father. And following every time of solitude and prayer, Jesus acted. He did something for the kingdom of God. We ended with a challenge for us to pray for guidance from the Holy Spirit and to get out of our comfort zones and make a difference in our communities. Today I'd like to talk about remaining focused and developing an attitude of gratitude as we step out of that comfort zone. If you remember, last week's message came to me from being uncomfortable in my office. 
It's what Warren is now calling the air conditioner incident. Well, this week's message came to me as I watched my four-year-old grandson do a project for me back home. You see, my son and his family are putting up a new house. They got together, measured out the house, and put stakes up to get a feel for the layout of the house. Then they took string and tied it from post to post, cordoning off each room. Well, this week we decided to remove the inner posts and the string. The job was assigned to my grandson originally. I call him 11, since he's our 11th grandchild. And to be honest, it's easier for me to remember. Anyway, the main task was to remove the strings from the posts. I sat watching him figure each one out as he completed his mission. It all went well until he got to the last post. You see, it was a tangled mess. It had snarls in it and was really wrapped tight against the post. Well, to give the boy credit, he quickly went at the challenge with enthusiasm. But then I noticed something which gave me this morning's message. He forgot that the main task was to remove the string from the post. He got so caught up with untangling the snarls and the tangles that he didn't realize all he had to do was break the string at the post. He worked the knots for about 10 minutes before he finally got it, but he got it. Watching him reminded me of my life. Sometimes I forget the main task and get sidetracked with minor challenges. Things I thought needed to be done, but in reality they just distracted me from completing the main task. We know the enemy loves putting those minor obstacles in our way in our Christian walk, hoping we lose our focus on the task at hand. So 11 reminded me that we need to stay focused on the main thing. And as I've said before, Jesus Christ is the main thing. The Apostle Paul told us his secret to remaining focused in Philippians 3, 13 through 15. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Paul is telling us not to live in or focus on the past. Sometimes those painful memories can sidetrack us and keep us from focusing on Jesus. Now remember, Paul's past was based on persecuting Christ's followers. It was said that nobody was more zealous than Paul when it came to persecuting followers of the way. But Paul's conversion allowed him to focus on Jesus instead of his past. Mature Christians also focus on Jesus Christ instead of the past, instead of trials and tribulations, instead of mistakes they made in their lives, instead of what others have said or done to them, and instead of what the enemy puts in their path. Mature Christians organize their lives around our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus rules their hearts and shapes their lives. Mature Christians rise early in the morning thinking about Jesus. They go through the day 
thinking about Jesus. And he is the last thing on their minds when they go to sleep. Like Paul, mature Christians keep their eye on the prize, believing that to live is Christ. After I watched Eleven get sidetracked with the mess and tangles for a while, I stepped in and reminded him of his original mission, to remove the string from the post. I encouraged him and gave him a suggestion to make it easier. That's another thing mature Christians are called to do. They're called to step in when they see a brother or sister sidetracked or struggling. We are called to lift and encourage each other. We may answer to Jesus alone, but we do not run the race alone. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 tells us the value of a friend. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. And verse 12 tells us, And though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And of course, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 reminds us to encourage one another and build up each other. Remember, Jesus said we would face trials. I believe we're facing one now with this pandemic. But we are not alone. We are in this together, and God is still in control. Having an attitude of gratitude can help us focus on Jesus instead of the restrictions the government has placed on houses of worship. We can get so sidetracked and focused on the restrictions that we lose sight of the freedom we're being offered. We are still free to worship, brothers and sisters. We are still free to lift and encourage fellow believers. We are still free to invite people to come and see what the ruckus is all about in this little town. We are free to create a ruckus for Jesus, and we have been doing just that for about four weeks now. I'm reminded of the story of two little boys who woke up Christmas morning and discovered a giant pile of horse manure in place of their presence. As the story goes, one boy sat and cried, while the other immediately started digging through the pile. When asked why he was digging so frantically, the little boy replied, with this much manure, there must be a horse in there somewhere. So in a weird way, all of us should be able to relate to that Christmas morning. We can focus on a pile of manure the government has dumped in our communities, or we can dig through it knowing that God is in the midst of it all. And by that I mean let this tangle or mess remind us that there is still freedom in Christ. We are free to pray. We are free to worship. We are free to glorify God in new and innovative ways. This is a test of our faith and commitment. And what did Paul say about that testing? In James 1 through through 4, he taught us, The testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Trials are promised to everyone, and the only way for every burden to become a blessing is to understand and truly believe 
God is using all of them for his glory and for our good. This attitude of gratitude is the character of the mature Christian and is God's will for each of us in Christ Jesus. The presence of Christ is untouched by the circumstances of this world, whether it's the pandemic, the riots, the protests, or even the restrictions that are placed on churches by our state. We cannot afford to be sidetracked with the nonsense and lose focus on the main thing, Jesus Christ. We have made a difference in this community during this time of pain and uncertainty. Just look around, brothers and sisters. The lot is filled with people worshiping Father God. You are proof the church is not closed, regardless of not being allowed inside the building. The church is alive and well as long as we remain focused on Jesus, deny the enemy's attempt to sidetrack us, and maintain an attitude of gratitude. Some of you may have heard me say that we need to fake it until we make it sometimes. If you don't feel grateful for the circumstances we are all facing, with the ability to find creative ways to celebrate Christ together, just fake it until you make it. That means force yourself to thank God for everything you're facing over and over and over until it sinks in. Let the Holy Spirit warm your heart and give you peace during this time of chaos. Shift your focus back into our Prince of Peace and remember his promise in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. So let us cling to his promises as we leave here today. Let us remember to lift and encourage one another. Let us avoid being distracted and losing focus on our mission. We are called to create disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Let that be our focus as we learn to always maintain that attitude of gratitude for all God has done and will do in our lives. And brothers and sisters, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, call me. Come see me, whatever you need to do. You're a simple prayer away from spending eternity with God. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to ask for forgiveness, and he will bless you and forgive you. Come to Jesus. Let us pray. This morning's prayer comes from Psalm 141. I adapted it to include all of us. It is a prayer for preservation from evil. We call upon you, O Lord. Come quickly to us. Give ear to our voices when we call to you. Let our prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of our hands as an evening sacrifice. Set a guard over our mouths, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of our lips. Do not turn our hearts to any evil, to busy ourselves with wicked deeds in company with those who work iniquity. Do not let us eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous strike us. Let the faithful correct us. Never let the oil of the wicked anoint our heads, for our prayers are continually against their wicked deeds. When they are given over to those who shall condemn them, 
Then they shall learn that our words were pleasant. Like a rock that one breaks apart and shatters on the land, so shall their bones be strewn at the mouth of Sheol. But our eyes are turned to you, O God, my Lord. In you we seek refuge. Do not leave us defenseless. Keep us from the trap that they have laid for us and from the snares of evildoers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while we alone escape. Amen. As God has filled our lives with good things, let us open our hands to help others. Let us not forget God blesses us so we can in turn be a blessing to others. May our gifts this day reflect our genuine appreciation for all we have been blessed with. If you wish to give your tithes and offerings to the church, you can simply mail them to Post Office Box 104 in Salisbury Center. Or as I've said before, you can just continue to set your tithes and offerings aside until you are able to meet with us again. I thank you for your obedience. Let us pray. Father God, may our offerings express our care for one another and our commitment to serve our community in the name of Christ. Teach us to use well the resources you entrust to us. Equip us to carry the good news to people we meet every day. May our gifts, as well as our lives, praise you. Amen. Every day the Spirit waits to bless us. Be open to God's blessings and be eager to share them. Join the company of Christ's living disciples and take time to meditate and pray. Notice all around you the signs of God's care. Let them amaze and astonish you. Now receive the benediction. Now may God's love surround you, God's spirit guide you, God's whisper cheer you, God's peace calm you, God's shield protect you, and God's wisdom arm you, wherever the Spirit may lead you today and every day. Amen. Brothers and sisters, next week is Communion Sunday. We will be doing a love feast again. So please remember to have a cracker, a donut, a slice of pizza, or a roll, anything you can eat, as well as something to drink as we share in the love feast together. Until we meet again, may God bless you and keep you. My bride and I miss you and love you dearly. Amen.